This is UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. And my bullseye! Now, here is your host, Paul Peck. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. I'm the voice of the Bulls, the UB football head coach here with me as well. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway, as we are every week here Monday on ESPN 1520. Over the next hour, we're going to talk with Coach about the win over Rutgers. We're going to talk about the big one this Saturday against the Army Black Knights. We'll also be joined by two outstanding Bulls players, center James O'Hagan and tight end Tyler Mabry. But first, we get it started with Bulls. Head coach Lance Leipold. Congratulations on the win, coach, and congratulations on another milestone in the program, which came yesterday afternoon, receiving votes in both top 25 polls. Your reaction to that news? Well, first of all, thanks, Paul. It was a, you know, a great win, a big win for us uh, to play and, and win by that amount, uh, you know, on the road. Um, you know, two big road wins starting the year to win in a Big Ten stadium. And convincingly, um, again, is something to be excited about. To, to hear the news that, uh, you know, I think some of the things that this group is starting to accomplish is being being recognized nationally now. We talked about it earlier off, through the offseason, through the watch list and things like that. But to see it play out now as a team is even more rewarding. Do, you know, did, you, did it need to have a win over a Big Ten team for – some of the people beyond the people that follow the Mac regularly to start to notice they should have been noticing beforehand but is that sometimes what it takes yeah I think so I, I think it's still a matter of the body of work that you have I, I think the other things and uh, you know one of those might even be Eastern Michigan and the way that you know and then Purdue goes and gets a big win and and really how some of the things kind of play out within the within the next week um, sometimes Temple the, winning yeah, as well yeah. too on, on national and, TV. and Temple has played extremely well since they've played us so when you look at some of those I think holistically that starts to kind of filter through of people look at past games and going wow well you know if, if you know if these teams have done X Y and Z and Buffalo has beaten them. I think that has helped our cause as well. Seven wins in a row overall when you go back to last season for Lance and the Bulls and at 4-0, their best start since 1981. Let's talk a little bit about the victory over Rutgers as we've already touched on it. Uh, 42-13, as dominant a game as we have seen from your program in a while, but the fact that it came against a Big Ten team on the road in a Big Ten stadium, there just seemed to be a different level of excitement and enthusiasm, and I think that started in the game and certainly extended after the game. Did you feel a little bit of that? Yeah, I think so. I think the thing that really stood out to me was that I, I think our players are started to see what, you know, the type of team that they can be. And we and I know I say that often, but when they're watching film and they're watching and they're starting to, to you know, they have confidence in what they're doing. They see an opportunity when games are definitely winnable. And then they walk into that setting. They're not intimidated. They're not worried. Now, we didn't get off to the best start, but they didn't flinch and panic about it. And, uh, again, you start seeing those things kind of come through as they kind of just weather that little storm, keep playing, and really taking advantage of situations. Yeah, well, you talked about it. The start was was a little um, unusual because your team has gotten off to great starts, had not been scored upon in the first quarter all year long. And, and, and again, not to make too much out of it, it was a drop pass, a couple of drop passes, and, and uh, you know, a, a few little... Little things like that, but I'm sure at that point you were probably wondering, you know, are we a little nervous about the stage? Was that something yeah. you were thinking? <clears throat> well, it could be. I think it was a little bit windier than some of the games, but you know, we dropped the opening kick, we dropped the first pass. Um, 
another one goes through our hands for an interception, and then you're kind of you, you kind of go, is this one of those days? And then, but they came back. You know, we get, we end up getting three and out. By I mean, our defense really held held tough because many times, especially, we hold them to a field goal. We have the turnover. Many times, you know, the sudden change allows for somebody to really take advantage of, and uh, we held at that time. So, um, of eight of the first eight possessions, six of them were three and out by our defense, which really uh, got them off to a good start. With Bulls head coach Lance Leipold, this is the UB Football Insider Show. We're here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. Your offense then, after that somewhat sluggish start, just starts to roll. Uh, five thirty-yard plays or more in the first half. Marks had a long run, Patterson with a long run, two Anthony Johnson catches, uh, Tyree Jackson with another throw to Charlie Jones. It, it was just one after another. Uh, you were It almost feels like you, you were toying with their defense oh, no. a little bit. It's, I know you hate that I said well, that, I don't know about but it toying felt like them, that. You could do, there was, they weren't even covering guys at one point. Well, I, you know, there's a... There are a lot of good things that happened there. And I think, you know, you mentioned Kevin Marks coming in and, and sparking us with a big run. Jared Patterson with the long touchdown run. Um, you know, there was, of course, Anthony making big plays, which some, unfortunately sometimes we take for granted. I thought Zach LaFave got a nice catch over the middle. Um, Charlie Jones and then Tyler Mabry ends it, you know, kind of caps off the half. But uh, the thing about it is we said many times before is, I think we have enough diverse enough people now that we can go to different people at different times. And that's a nice thing. When you And I, I think you might have even said it to me after the game, is that of the six touchdowns, four of them were by true freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Yeah. So, I, again, don't, I don't think that was me, but that's a great stat that but, I would be glad to but, steal well, from Well, you can have it, it. But, uh, if, you know, and that it goes back to some of the depth and development that we're, we're starting to have as well. So when, you know... Um, it still starts with the play of the quarterback, though, and what Tyree has done for us, the job that the line's doing consistently. I mean, um, go back to that first series where we go three and out. We have a we have a breakdown in protection, and the guys come in just free, and Tyree makes it makes enough of a move to get rid of the ball and that and, and those are the experience things that a veteran quarterback makes for you that no one ever sees but also keeps us in mind from minus yardage plays before we talk a little more about Tyree tell everybody a little bit about Jarrett Patterson every week there's a new guy where people are going who is that yeah. guy that's running all over the opponent well Jared Patterson true freshman running back enrolled in school in January twin brother of our starting outside linebacker James Patterson uh, you know, two two great young men, extremely hard workers, uh, um, mature beyond their age. And um, and the nice thing is that, you know, when they came on campus, very focused, um, want to be successful. Um, in our in our practices during spring, during the spring, it became very apparent that Jarrett would add to our offense and do some things that we didn't quite have at that position. And it was really added to that to, to the depth there. Yeah. So uh, the, the fourth different running back on the roster now who has had a hundred yard game in the last two years goes to exactly show what kind of depth that your team has uh, at that position. When we come back here to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport, we continue with coach to talk about some of the outstanding achievements on the season where the Bulls rank amongst the national leaders and we'll dive deeper into Saturday's opponent the Army Black Knights who opened up a lot of eyes with what they did at Oklahoma over the weekend we talk more UB football with Bulls head coach Lance Leipold when we return to the UB football insider show from Learfield
Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck, joined by the Bulls head coach as we continue to talk about the big win over Rutgers and this Saturday's huge game at home against the Army Black Knights. It is a noon start at UB Stadium. Tickets are going if you want to come, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be out there to see this amazing team. Make sure you get your tickets by going to the UB Ticket Office at Alumni Arena or calling one eight seven seven ub there A couple of things to throw your way, Coach. Uh, uh, zero sacks allowed all season long. The only team in the country that has not given up a sack. Give a little love to your offensive line as James O'Hagan is floating around here yes. to be our guest next segment. Yeah, it's they've done an outstanding job so far, led by James O'Hagan, our, our veteran center. Um, you know, I think we talk a, a lot of things. We talked about Tyree getting rid of the ball. The job that that line has done in recognition and protection. Um, has has been outstanding these first four games and continue to be a challenge all year. Tyree's been getting rid of the ball. I think our RPO schemes and what we do also allows for quick deliveries. You put it together, and it's uh, it's definitely been helping us. 15 touchdown passes on the season for Tyree Jackson. That's third in the country. It's a new single-season career high for him. And now, if you go back to last year, he's thrown 24 touchdown passes in the last six games. And I thought, and I don't think I'm the only one, that the throw to Anthony Johnson where he rolled out to the right and hit Anthony inside the five was one of the most amazing plays I have ever seen a quarterback make. Well, I I think the you know we we saw a little bit the week before you know with his scrambling ability and hitting KJ Osborne for some touchdowns. I think what really if you if somebody was at the game especially he threw the thing on the line. It was there About wasn't 15, 55 yards in the air, least, right? Yeah, it and uh, it wasn't like a lofting throw. So you know he put it on a rope. AJ makes a heck of a catch. It was a yeah, that that was kind of like an unbelievable type of play. And uh, but but on top of that, Paul, I, I tell you the one that really impressed me that that really shows me where he's at as a quarterback because he even came off said, the touchdown to Charlie Jones was the one. He knew he had Charlie. Thought he had a great shot for it. He started off looking to his left. He froze the safety. Got him over a little bit to the you know to kind of look over that way. Went right back. Put it on the line. Charlie's run, running right down the seam, wide open. But it, he wasn't as wide open as he would have been if it wasn't for the veteran quarterback. Now, you know, you look at Rutgers on the flip side is that, you know, and, and we look back when Tyree was a freshman. Sometimes your eyes go where, where you think you want it to go right away. And that sometimes happens when you have that younger quarterback. Now, for us to have the veteran quarterback in which we do, you see the difference. You see how wide open people can be. And, of course, he put it right on the money. Yeah, it's next-level, graduate-level quarterback yeah. play stuff, isn't yeah. it? Uh, defensively, Chuck Harris leads the MAC and is second in the country with five sacks. Khalil Hodge, just this uh, as we record the show, just named the MAC East Defensive Player of the Week at 15 tackles. He's now tied for the lead in the MAC in tackles and in the top 10 in the country. Let's give a little love to those two defensive players. Yes, uh, you know, again, Chuck continues to play at a high level. Um, you know, and not just production. It's it's some of the leadership, but his effort and strain, the way he's gone about playing, has always been highly impressive to me. Khalil, again, you know, these numbers become kind of routine. Sometimes we take them too much for granted. But again, another consistent performance by by the middle linebacker, well deserving of conference player of the week. So, um, and of course, uh, those two guys will be well tested with with, with Army coming to town. But when your seniors are playing at that high level, of course, Cam Cam Lewis got ding up in the game but you know some of the games that that cam has had 
again, these players that we've been counting on are really rising to the occasion. With Bulls head coach Lance Leipold, this is the UB Football Insider Show as we're here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. All right, you talked a little bit about it. Let's get in to the Army Black Knights. Uh, people were watching uh, their game against Oklahoma. It was pretty amazing. They took, they did some things to Oklahoma that you don't normally do to the Sooners, including taking them to overtime before losing 28-21. So the Black Knights come in at 2-2. Two and two. I think you've already looked at this, but you look at the couple of the things in the stat page from the Oklahoma game. Army ran 87 plays to 40 plays for Oklahoma. The time of possession was 44-41 to 15-19. And of course, as always, Army runs for 339 mm -hmm. yards. What's jumped out at you about their performance out there in Norman, Oklahoma? Well, I think you've kind of capped. <laughs> I mean, those numbers right are staggering, aren't they? Um, yeah, you know, by the time I got home uh, Saturday night, that you know, any you know, sometimes you like to enjoy enjoy wins, and especially a big win like that for you know, you like to get say for 24 hours or something like that. It was uh, maybe 24 minutes after landing <laughs> when those when those uh, stats start to show themselves because you know you got you, you've got a big challenge ahead of you, and when you can go into uh, Norman, Oklahoma, top five team in the country, and and you know move the ball with that consistency you know it's going to be a challenge and that's what you know that's what the army offense has been about you know it's uh it's four down territory for them every single play and uh, we hope that we can uh, you know go back to some of the things and and refer at least of what we've had success doing but it, it's it's going to be a big challenge and it's it takes a great week of preparation to get ready for a team like now, this. Now I was thinking about this a little bit when I was trying to sort of decipher all those numbers and what Army had done to Oklahoma and tell me if 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 this is a factor at all. This will be the third straight year you've played Army. Uh, Oklahoma hadn't played Army in, I don't, I don't know, 10, 20 years before that. They're just not used to seeing the way Army plays, which is so different than almost any team in the country. How much of what Army did to Oklahoma was based on that? And in turn, how much of what Army wants to do to you Saturday won't quite be as effective because you guys are used to it? Well, I don't know about what because you know everyone sees what they do. It's a matter of being disciplined and sound. And, and what makes them so difficult is that for everything that they do, they have a counter off of it. I mean, so they're doing this out of this formation, then there's going to be a pass or something that comes back mis misdirection with it. So, and of course, when you're talking triple option things, that things are always being read. If this guy does this, I'm I'm doing this, and and so being sound, tackling well, doing all of that, and when you're when when you're thinking about four down territory, it's like two and a half yards per play still gets them a first down. Right. So you really have to be, play well. You have to be sound. You have to be disciplined. You have to be patient. You don't have to worry about winning the time of possession because you're not going to. What, what we have to make sure is that we are sound that way. We are going to tackle well, do the things that we the, the best to our abilities on defense. And then offensively, we have to capitalize on, on possessions because we won't just have as many this week. Yeah, you, you might have five or six in the game. You're going to yeah. have to score on four of them. Last two years, you played the Army, as we mentioned. 2016, an overtime win here at UB Stadium. Last year, a frustrating game that, that results in a 21-17 loss. And in a game, I'm sure you'll tell me you felt like your team at times had outplayed them and had done enough to win the game. So reflect back on the past two games against Army and what that might mean for this one well I thought uh, two years ago I really was proud because that was one of the you know that was a tough season for us but in, in that particular game I thought we battled battled really well hard put we're able to put the game in the overtime and and to 
and to find a way to win it. I know they had some issues in their kicking game, but I was more proud that day about how resilient we were to keep fighting. And uh, last year, got off to a great start. We tried to stay aggressive. We had some things where we turned the ball over, and uh, we didn't put ourselves in a great um, position. They dominated time of possession and moved the ball on us quite a bit in the second half. Thought we were going to get the ball back for one last chance. They 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 make a heads up play and see something and fake the, the punt. Fake punt play, and, that's uh, right. And then the game's over. So those are the smallest of things there that were there. But I mean, we had talked about it a, a year ago that how aggressive we were going to be. We came out against Minnesota. We're aggressive, throwing the ball downfield. Well, we got up against Army. We we try to we try to flea flicker. I think it was Emmanuel gets hit as he's tossing the ball back. Um, we were aggressive in the red zone. I think we threw an interception or, or turned it over there. We we had the chance that day. I think that was one where, even though it was one of those negative ones, I think that was the chance that our team started to see if we play to our capabilities, we could be a really good football team, and then they go on and win 10 football games. Yeah, and wrapping it up here with Coach Lance Leipold, much more to come on the show, but there's already a nice buzz going on in this town about what your team has done. Fans are noticing. I think there's a lot of expectations this is going to be one of the biggest crowds UB Stadium has seen on Saturday. How exciting is that going to be for you and your players? Well, it's exciting for our players. They, they, they To me, they've earned that opportunity. They're the, for especially our upperclassmen who have worked extremely hard, they don't spend a lot of time worrying about it, but at the same time, everybody likes to, to have as many seats uh, filled as, as they can for their home games. Hopefully we can create that environment and appreciate the ones that have been, been with us all along, and for the new ones that come, I think they're going to really appreciate how this team plays. So it should be an exciting day against a very good football team. All right, that's Bulls head coach Lance Leipold. Coach, congratulations and good luck on Saturday. Thank you very much. Much more to come though on the UB Football Insider Show. When we come back, we will talk to one of the top offensive linemen in the country, Bulls captain and center James O'Hagan will join us as we continue to get you ready for a big one on Saturday. It's a noon kickoff at UB Stadium, Buffalo and Army. More to come on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. We are here every Monday at noon to record the show. So Bulls fans, if you're looking for a place to come out and grab some lunch and meet the coach and some of the players, this is the place to be on Monday. And today we are happy to welcome in Bulls captain and starting center James O'Hagan to talk a little bit about the season and the win over Rutgers. James, thanks for joining us as always. How does it feel to be a member of the offensive line, the only one in the country that has not allowed a sack yet. I mean, it feels pretty good. Uh, just uh, don't like talking about that much. Don't like jinxing myself. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we won't bring it up, but I will throw one other thing at you. As, as much as that's an incredible indication of how you guys are playing, and there aren't always a lot of stats to gauge how an offensive line is playing, how about you're also number two in the country in fewest tackle for losses allowed? only given up 12 of those in four games so those two things tell me that you guys just are not letting any defenses anywhere near your your backfield uh, I mean yeah uh, the rest of the four guys do a great job of just doing our jobs and working as a unit and it's just not really about one of us it's about all of us doing our job so all right well tell everybody a little bit about the other four guys give them a little love give give us give us the <laughs> James O'Hagan scouting report on the guys that are lined up across next to him and on, on either side uh, I mean yeah I play with these guys a lot so I know pretty good amount about them and how they play but uh coyote awashika uh red, redshirt sophomore from uh maple grove minnesota he's uh 
he's really good, really talented, really athletic. First year starter. Yep, yeah, really athletic. He did a really good job last week uh, against Eastern Michigan with uh, Max Crosby, who I think was Mackey's Mac uh, Mackey's defensive player of the week. Correct. Or, for Mac this West. Week. Yeah, uh, and an all Mac guy from a year ago. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Tomas uh, Jackardilla, I mean, uh, from Canada, and he uh, he does a really good job in the run game, getting displacement and everything like that. So, and he, he's been improving consistently on his pass pro. Paul Nosworthy is another uh, Long Island guy like me, and I, t- I kind of took him under my wing this year. So he's uh, he's playing really really well right now, doing a really good job on on his pass blocking, obviously, as as most of us are. But uh, and then Evan Kasarchik obviously had trouble spelling his name two day, a couple days ago. <laughs> I hope everybody but. <laughs> has seen that story on the Bulls social media feed where 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 they asked everybody. John Fuller from UB asked everybody to spell Evan Kasarzak's last name, and no one could do it. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he, he got it yet. Have you figured it out yet? Uh, no, I have right, not good. figured it out yet. <laughs> we won't ask. Um, but uh, yeah, Evan's doing a great job too in pass pro. I mean, all, all, all four guys are really doing a great job. Uh, I think it's up to us to really, for especially for this week, to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. You know, and because uh, you've worked a couple of new starters in, you know, there was some transition that you had to go through this year. Has it been easier than you thought? Even even quicker expectations there. Uh, I think that I think the thing is that all these guys that are, that are playing this year uh, have played before. So like Paul Nosworthy got some time last year, as as well as Coyote. I mean, they they're they're both doing a, a great job, and I definitely think it has been a lot easier than I expected. But working with Paul has been a, a challenge because I played with Brandon uh, last year for for so many years. But I mean. Uh, he's done an amazing job. So, I mean, working with these guys is really easy because they all want to be the best and they all have their own personal goals. And I think it's really good when you get uh, five guys on one page uh, getting ready to get the job done. With Bulls center James O'Hagan as we continue the UB Football Insider Show, uh, there just seemed to be a feeling after the win over Rutgers, uh, just an incredible next-level satisfaction, whether it was being 4-0, whether it was beating a Big Ten school, whatever it was, did you feel that and explain how you guys got to that level? I mean, yeah, definitely a feeling of satisfaction just beating a beating a Big Ten team at their place and doing it pretty convincingly I think was a, a big thing in it. I think that another thing that uh, our team took from this game is that we didn't even play a, a full full game of football, I don't think. I mean, we, we played really well in the first half, obviously, but obviously like to finish up a little bit better. But uh, I think that's the thing that our team gets most excited about, I think, is uh, that – we still I don't even think we've still put a full game of football together and I, I think that each week we're getting better and better but uh, I don't think we've hit our peak yet so well, that's kind of scary to think if you don't think your team has played a full game yet you had a little motivation a couple of levels of motivation you're from Long Island as you mentioned so I know you had a big turnout of the O'Hagan clan there and you had a little uh, burr in your saddle from Rutgers too didn't you uh, yeah absolutely I mean uh, coming out of high school they uh, they didn't offer me so I mean definitely took that as a chip on my shoulder and most guys who know me know that that's the stuff that fuels me is that when people tell me I can't do something I really want to prove them wrong and show them that I can and I think that uh, we, we we did, but uh, I did as well uh, this weekend. And you wanted to put on a good show for all the O'Hagan. Yeah. How many people did you have there? Uh, I had around 35, 40 people at Great. the game. Uh, my dad's side of the family and my mom uh, had some family there as well. Uh, I had a bunch of my friends come out from uh, Seaford, New York, so it was, it was a really good time. Yeah, so it was it was a pretty special moment, something I think yeah. you're going to remember for a for long sure. time. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. James O'Hagan is our guest here on the UB Football Insider Show. Um, how much does it mean? I know, you know, we've all focused on first time you've ever beaten a Big Ten school, uh, you know, the significance of that. Is that something the players thought about? Is that is that something that maybe after the fact you're like, okay, now people are noticing because of who we beat? Uh, I mean, I, I think that's definitely a, 
a thing that we, we, we thought about uh, in terms of beating a big, big 10 team at their place. But I think another thing is it's just like kind of getting over that hump. I, I mean, because I've played a big 10 team or an ACC team every year. And each year we've, we've either come up short or just haven't, haven't been able to do the job. And this year, I think that's a really big thing for us. I mean, it's not because who we've beat, it's just how we're playing, I think, and just who we beat got in our way, I guess. <laughs> All right, well, when we come back, we're going to spend a little more time with James. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bulls making the polls, talk a little bit about the Army game, and talk about what makes James O'Hagan tick. I didn't prepare you for that answer, <laughs> but I know you're going to have something ready for me. Much more to come. It's the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. I'm the voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck, joined again by Bulls senior captain and center James O'Hagan as we recap the win over Rutgers that sends the Bulls to a 4-0 start. Get you ready for the big one on Saturday against the Army Black Knights. Votes in the top 25 for the first time for this program since after they won the MAC championship in 2008. I'm sure you noticed that on Sunday. How proud did that make you, make uh, you feel? It, it was it – was, Amazing. I mean, to be uh, to even get some votes for the top 25 is just—it's an amazing thing. I mean, you grow up your entire life looking at the top 25 when you're a kid, and to have your team recognized as uh, have some votes for it is—it's an amazing thing. One of only 21 undefeated teams in the country, and what that has brought now is a, a, a different level of notor notoriety, and people are starting to <laughs> notice beyond just the the MAC world and Buffalo. Nationally, people are starting to notice. Are you feeling a little bit? And maybe it's just the people that are patting you on the back when you're on campus, or the family members are calling you. It, it, we're starting to see another level of note of notice here, aren't we? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Buffalo fan base has really come on the last. Uh, two or three weeks after we've been winning. I mean, they, they've done a great job my whole career supporting us, but now it's just like it's like everybody's involved. Uh, and, like, it really just show you that this Buffalo community will, will band around you, especially when you're winning. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your quarterback because no one has paralleled the growth of Tyree Jackson as much as you have, uh, and you have seen it, not only what he does on the field, but the way he acts off the field and in the meeting rooms and in the in the coaching rooms. Give everybody a sense of the of the growth of Ty, Tyree, and I don't mean anything more than six foot seven that he already <laughs> is, but you have an interesting perspective on that. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that I've been here – the entire time he's been here pretty uh he's almost been here as much as i have but um i mean to watch him just develop into like a leader on our team he's not just like a quarterback who's just trying to learn the ropes anymore he's leading our guys like he leads me uh daily i mean if i'm not doing something right he'll push me and and for somebody to do that usually people don't say much to me and when he tries to lead me, I think it's an incredible thing, to testament to him that he uh, he he's willing to get out there, and it's not just about how he plays. It, it really it really is, and he he's doing an amazing job, not off the field more so than he even is on, because he's pushing our receivers, he's pushing our uh, O line, he's pushing our defense every week, day in and day out. Tyree's done a great job with growing as as a leader. I think most first and foremost. Are these conversations that on occasion you have with him, just the two of you guys? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've definitely told Tyree, I'm uh, like I, I'm so proud of him i mean he's just he's a he's a freak so I mean, <laughs> uh but yeah he we, we definitely do talk about how like leadership and stuff like that like the other day we were we were at practice and we were talking about uh who he felt the best quarterback was and he thought it was tom brady just because of his ability to lead and i think that tyree's done a, a great job of like uh looking at guys like that and kind of molding his leadership skills after them 
Uh, that's that's really cool stuff. It really is. All right, the Army Black Knights are coming in. This will be the third straight year that you've played them. Uh, we talk so much about their offense versus your defense, but what's the challenge for you as an offensive lineman facing an Army defense that, again, a little more undersized, a little plays a little differently than what you're new, used to seeing on a weekly basis? Uh, I think the thing that Army does that creates a little bit of confusion. They try to they try to confuse you uh, by bringing different games and different pressures that uh, uh, that normal teams don't do. They do certain twist games and, and pressures, like like I said. Uh, but they do a great job of doing their assignment, too. They do their job on uh, almost every play, and I think that's what makes them hard to kind of understand. And they're always moving in and out of fronts, to try, like I said, to confuse you. With Bull Center, James O'Hagan, as we get you ready for Saturday's kickoff at UB Stadium, a noon start against the Army Black Knights. As Coach talked about earlier in the show, one of the things that you guys as an offense are going to have to deal with, and this may fall to you being the captain there, uh, you might have four or five possessions in this game, <laughs> right? I mean, that's not normal. You, you, there, there may be some more pressure to try to score every time you get the ball because of the way Army plays offensively you might get 15 or 16 minutes of possession time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that we, we have to do as an offense is we, we can't press. I mean, uh, we just have to do the most with what we have, and we have to take advantage of all our opportunities. And, yeah, we have to when we get on the field, we have to, we have to execute and we have to score. But I think the one thing that, as an offense, we can't do is we can't press and get frustrated if things aren't going our way maybe at the start. We just have to uh, really go out there and, and just make sure we're doing our job and not trying to do more than our job. Right. It's going to be weird spending a little more time standing on the sidelines, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they do hold the ball for a while, but I think our defense will do a good job. So. Right. All right. I know this is, has the potential to be a loaded question, but what are you doing for fun these days? Is there what, what, what are you – I know you're locked in on football because that's who you are and we're in that time of the year, but I also know you're a guy who likes to have a little bit of fun too. So, <laughs> so what's the latest uh, piece of entertainment in James O'Hagan's world that every Bulls fan should know about? Uh, I mean, I just bought a PS4. Oh, uh, all right. Well, how good are you at it? What are the games that everybody's playing these I days? I mean, I only got one game and it's Spider-Man, and that's literally why about the system because uh, you are the biggest comic book superhero guy in Western New York, right? <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, how's the Spider Man game? Have you oh, got it figured yeah, out yeah, yet? Yeah, I already beat it. It took me about a week. It was, That's it, huh? Yeah, I, I played it day and night. So, <laughs> well, I wasn't playing football at least. <laughs> How about anybody else on the team? Is there any who's who's your best Spider Man rival on the uh, team? Uh, I mean, it's it's just a single player game, so you're not really playing against anybody. Okay. But there's a lot of guys on the team who have it. Uh, one of our old linemen, Jake Fusek, has it, and he's a he's a big nerd too. So, <laughs> uh, do you play other games? Are there other video games that you'll play? Uh, I mean, I play Madden, but I, since I have both systems now, I have the Xbox and the PS4, uh, I, I play uh, Madden on uh, Who's Xbox. your Madden team? Like, who do you play on Madden? My dad's going to kill me, but I, I do play with the Patriots. So. Ooh. So a lot of other people in this town might be lined up to want to do that to you also. Um, why? Because they're good? Uh, no, I just I, I enjoy uh, their offense uh, that they run. I who'd, mean, you, who'd you grow up rooting for? The Jets. You're a Jets. Well, that's a, that's a Long Island thing, and I get that. But uh, have you been following the Jets, Sam Darnold and all those guys a little bit yeah, this year? Yeah, a little disappointing loss on Thursday. My dad was not too happy. My, uh, my family is huge Jet fans, so... Uh, yeah, they they were not they were not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all right. And other than that, I know that you know you are you're just the guy who is always in the football facility, always watching film, always dedicated to getting yourself better. Have you been able to allow yourself to think about what the next level might bring you after you graduate here? Yeah, absolutely. Since I've been a kid, I mean, playing the NFL has been my dream, and uh, 
people have told me that I, ha- I wasn't going to be able to do it in high school. I mean, there are reporters out there and uh, family members that would say, uh, yeah, when, whenever he plays good competition and whenever he uh, whenever he goes up against good people, he kind of he kind of underachieves. And uh, my my entire life's been uh, going on proving some of those people wrong so uh yeah i'm really excited to maybe get the opportunity to play at the next level (laughs) well there is no doubt that the nfl scouts and there have been plenty of them that have come to buffalo to watch this team have got their eyes on number 77 james always good to catch up with you good luck on saturday good luck the rest of the season absolutely he is one of the bulls captains and one of their leaders and one of the best centers in the country part of an offensive line that's one of the best offensive lines in the country james o'hagan bulls senior center when we come back we'll talk to one of the best tight ends in the mid-american conference That's Tyler Mabry. That's when we return on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. It's the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria, the 4-0 Bulls, winners of seven in a row and off to their best start since 1981. Coming off the victory over the Big Ten's Rutgers Scarlet Knights and heading towards a big one at home on Saturday against the Army Black Knights. Back-to-back nights, Scarlet and Black, and let's see if it winds up being back-to-back wins. Our guest now is Bulls junior tight end Tyler Mabry, who scored one of those big touchdowns in the win on against Rutgers you know in that in the way the offense is going Tyler with so many weapons you got to fight and scrap for every little piece you can so it was nice that Tyree finally looked at you once wasn't it yes sir Uh, tell me about the touchdown tell me about how you've sort of thought about this win and what it means to you and the program uh, the touchdown was like an RPO. It was, we faked the outside zone, and I was wide open on the backside. But it was good. Just whenever your number is called, you got to be ready to make that play. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, again, you you and Zach Lefave and, and all the other receivers, there's so much talent out there. And I know you know it and see it in practice, and it's a good problem to mm-hmm. have, right? Um, which is kind of why you do have to sort of wait. At somewhere along the line, you know Tyree's <laughs> going to find you, right? Yes, sir. The whole offseason, the uh, whole offense was talking about what's the word we want to surround ourselves with. It was being a playmaker. And so, uh, since Coach Lapo says all the time we got depth, being a playmaker, just whenever your number's called, you got to make that play. That's what we all look at as. How big was the win over Rutgers for, for just to be able to beat a Big Ten team? You grew up in Michigan, <laughs> Big Ten country. You know what it means. How satisfying was it? There just seemed to be a different level of excitement from you guys as you came off the field. Uh, starting on Monday in the weight room, we was talking about we never beat a Big Ten team before, and we, that was our main focus, like, win this week. And we knew we could do it. We all trusted each other because we are brotherhood. Um, you are part, and, and when we had James O'Hagan on, I, I should have included you tight ends as part of what is going on with the offensive line because you guys have a role in that as well too. Can you imagine and no sacks in four games, how much of an achievement that is? Yeah, it's a blessing, honestly, especially in the country, no sacks. But it's hard work. We've been doing it uh, ever since the offseason. Uh, is this something that you expected going into this year? Did you think this offensive line and the tight ends as well could be as good as you have been? Honestly, yes, sir. Uh, no doubts about that? No doubts. All right. How much and then how much of it is helping having number three back there who knows how to get rid of the ball at the right time? Oh, he's good. He's six seven. He can see over across the whole line. and He doesn't know what to do, and we just have trust in him. You know, you came in with him. Uh, you know, you, you have had a relationship. I know KJ, your buddy KJ, who you went to high school with, has talked about you're all Michigan guys. There's mm-hmm. sort of that, that kinship. Um, I want you to talk about some of the same things I asked James O'Hagan. Take us through how you've seen Tyree develop, not only as a person, but as a player. <laughs> we came in together. We registered together. We just, like, when we was on uh, Offensive Scout, 
We always threw the ball to each other. We knew we had to get better from the get-go, and we knew we could change this program. And then we also was roommates sophomore year in Griner, so that we always talked to each other after the game, before the game, what we got to work on to get better for the future. Did you see this, some of this in Tyree? Did you think even when you guys were redshirt and running the scout team that you thought maybe that guy is going to be pretty good and I'm going to be able to help him get there too? Yes, sir. No doubt, no doubt about no it. No doubt. Huh? All right, well, good. We, we need to put you in the personnel department then, <laughs> if you're that good at recognizing things. Talk about the challenge of playing the tight end position. It's it's sort of an odd position in the world of football now. A lot of the tight ends have become sort of big wide receivers, and then some of the other tight ends have become small offensive tackles and what they're asked to do at block. You are smack dab in the middle that you have the ability to do both, but that presents an interesting challenge, doesn't it? Yeah, that's why I think Coach Tinsel a lot because we, we put uh, our hand in the dirt, we flex style, we can do anything, we're versatile. That's why me and Zach, we can really do anything. And and that's a bit of a lost art these days, isn't it? You don't yes, see as many tight ends that do that. Um, so how how much do you split your time between focusing on routes and catching and then on blocking as well too? First, we always uh, do stance and start, but we always do 50 and 50. We never do like favor one side. We always do both. Right. Bulls tight end Tyler Mabry is our guest here on the UB Football Insider Show as we continue to get you ready for a big one on Saturday against the Army Black Knights. Third year in a row you'll have lined up against Army. James talked earlier in the show about the challenge of the way they play defense. I want your perspective on what you see from Army. Uh, they play a 3-4, but like they, uh, Jimmy said, they're a sound defense. They're always going to stick to their assignments, so we just got to play our game and we'll win. Do you have to go into this game thinking that – as we joke, there's going to be you're going to be standing on the sidelines a lot. You know, I mean, they're just coming off a game where they had 44 minutes of possession time. And when we get the ball, we have to score. No three and outs, no nothing. We just got to keep, uh, get the ball and score. Does it help that this will be the third year in a row that you've played Army? Yes, sir. We got. I look. You got a chip on my shoulder because right now we one and one. So third time, I want to win it because it's probably my last time playing them. Well, it, yeah, it, it it you're they're not on the schedule next year, so mm. you're probably right about that, Tyler. Um, going to be a big crowd on hand buzz is starting to happen i think you're feeling it um are, is it starting to kind of get you jazzed up even as we record here on a monday <laughs> yeah it's a great feeling but we know what we got to do and we knew we knew when we first stepped on campus what we could become so we just got to believe in each other all right well they're on their way to doing that a 4-0 start with tyler maybe playing a big role in that as well too when we come back on the ub football insider show we'll talk with tyler a little bit about where he comes from how he's gotten here and some of the things that have helped motivate him to be an all mac level tight end that's when we return on the ub football insider show from learfield Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. I'm voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck, as we continue from here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria, and we continue with Bulls junior tight end Tyler Mabry. Now, Tyler, you uh, because you're on the show here, we have bumped our final regular segment, which is usually hosted by Assistant Athletic Director for Communications, John Fuller. The Trust me, you're way more important, John, so it's a worthy bumping. But that doesn't mean we aren't going to get our weekly stat in from John Fuller. It's our full of it segment, and here it is, and I want you to react to it. Bulls have scored 23 touchdowns this season. 11 of them have been by freshmen. Um, that's pretty amazing considering there are a lot of upper-class guys like Anthony and Ty, you know, and, and, and some of the other guys on this team. What, what's your reaction to the younger group starting to steal some of the glory? there from all you guys. We got a lot of depth, so it doesn't really matter. We're winning games. That's all that counts. Is is guys like Kevin Marks and Jarrett Patterson and Charlie Jones have have they are they just more mature than you're maybe even used 
used to seeing young guys like that? Yeah, they mature a lot. They look up to the older heads. We give them advice, and they take it, and you see what they're doing. Uh, you've played a role in that, too. I mean, those guys have been willing to listen to guys like you and KJ and Anthony and Tyree and Emmanuel Reed. That, that That's a good sign, isn't it? Yes, sir. Like, I was behind Mason Streck before. He gave me advice. It's like a brotherhood. He's going to keep passing it down to the next person. Right. How's Mason doing there at the Bengals in the NFL? Oh, he's, do he's doing great. He always hit me up. I hit him up. It's just a good connection. Right. All right. So, for those people that don't know, Tyler Mabry comes from Ypsilanti, Michigan, um, played his senior year of high school at the IMG Academy in Florida, but we talked a lot about it last week with your buddy K.J. Osborne, who was your high school teammate in Ypsilanti, that he had a lot of motivation to beat those Eagles because they didn't offer him a scholarship. Was that a little bit of your motivation, too? Yes, sir. We lived, like, I say, two minutes, three minutes away from that college. They never sent us a letter. Can't visit, no nothing. <laughs> Didn't think you were good enough, huh? Right. The, the funny part is when we got to IMG, they want to start talking to us again. But all of a sudden, so it was just more motivation to beat them. Right. So how proud of you? How proud were you of KJ the way he went out and oh, toasted? Them I was for very that? proud. After the game, we went back to the apartment. I was like, oh yeah, you the man. You the man. <laughs> That is outstanding. Uh, all right, so the IMG thing was interesting because here you are, a high school senior. You're going to up and move from a place that you've grown up with. You're going to leave your family to go down to Florida. Um, what was what was the challenge of accepting the opportunity to, to make that move? Honestly, the challenge was to be, it was a leap of faith. So I believed in myself. KJ was already there because I was in basketball season. He was like, come down here. It's going to be a change. But if you want to um, get your dreams, and I was like, that's what I got to do. So you step into one of the highest level, highest ranked football, high school football programs in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, your quarterback, and I know you remain close to him, DeAndre Francois, the starting quarterback at Florida State. Your wide, your, your, uh, one of the assistant coaches, KJ's assistant coach was E.G. Green, a, a great former Florida oh, State Panther. Chris Wanky, a former Heisman Trophy, was your head coach. You're around the best of the best. What was that like? It was great because when you're around the best of the best, it makes you better each day. So every day at practice, when you line up against somebody that's going to Miami, University of Miami, you got to get better. Um, so a lot of us kind of assume that it was a bit of a package deal with you and KJ coming <laughs> up here to Buffalo, but correct if that's not the case. I mean, how much did you guys talk about doing this together or did just the opportunity present itself to do it together? The opportunity presented itself. So when it was there, Coach I kept hitting us up and kept talking to us, and I was like, we can't miss this blessing, so we took it. Right, so uh, Coach I can be pretty convincing. Oh, yes, he can. Coach Rabbi Anello, the Bulls recruiting <laughs> coordinator and wide receivers coach. So that had to be, you had to give you a little bit of a comfort level to know that you're going to go to a new, another new place, a new university, play Division One football, but do it with a guy that you know and have grown up with. What did you and KJ sort of bond together with during that redshirt freshman year? Well, we was, well, we always been roommates. We've been best friends, but we just knew we had to work. Like everybody else that could chill, not worry about football, but we knew we had to get better because we want to make an impact on this team. Was there a lot of late night conversations about trying to just make the adjustment to life in college and oh, life in Division it, One? It was hard when we registered. I'm not gonna lie, it was hard, but we knew what we had to do, and we knew one day it's gonna uh, it's gonna work out. So the opportunities then come for you as you start to play as a redshirt freshman, and then last year an outstanding sophomore year that that landed you uh, on on the watch list for one of the most prestigious awards, the Mackey Award given to great tight ends in this country. Um, take me through the last two-plus years here on how you've developed as a player. Honestly, I, I think our strength coaches, they helped me a lot get better. Coach Hensel, all my coaches, Coach Rock. I just like, I love these coaches. They helped me become a better man being here in Buffalo. Right. What, uh, what do you think is the strengths of your game? I say blocking. 
uh, blocking is my strength of the game. And then when I show I can block, play action, now that's how I get open up in the passing game. Uh, how much fun is it playing on this offense right now? That, oh, that is, I just saw this today. You're, you've scored 30 points or more in seven straight games. That's the third longest streak in the country behind Central Florida and Penn State. Oh, it's so much fun. I feel like we haven't played a full game yet. We just want to keep scoring. So, like, <laughs> when your number is called, your play is called, oh, I got to score. I have to. Now, you know, the first half at Rutgers, never any doubt that, that you know, you were going to keep pounding the ball downfield like that. Uh, coach, you know, coach keeps calling those plays. I mean, you know, again, it's still a Big Ten team, but there was never a doubt that you could put 35 points up in the first half. Uh, I, I knew we could do it, honestly, because we believe in ourselves. And people think it's a shock, but we know what we can do. Uh, is that go for the whole team? Does this whole team believe it in itself now? Not Maybe it always has, but now that you've got a quarter of the season and the results to back it up, has it raised that level of belief? Yes, sir, because we are brotherhood. We knew ever since from the start. Now we've got to keep building and get better each week. Good luck on Saturday. Going to be a big crowd. You fired up for a big crowd here? Yes, sir. Give some advice to that crowd on how you want them to help you on Saturday against hey, Army. Be ready for a high-scoring game because we're going to blow up that score. All right, there you go. Blow up the scoreboard. We'll put new bulbs and the lights on the scoreboard there just in case. <laughs> Tyler Mabry, one of the best tight ends in the Mid-American Conference. Tyler, congratulations on the season. Good luck moving forward. It is a Saturday noon kickoff at UB Stadium. It's the Bulls and the Army Black Knights, one of the most anticipated games here in Western New York in a long time. Big crowd on hand, national TV on hand. It's going to be a fun one. We hope to see you out at UB Stadium on Saturday for the noon kickoff. We thank Lance Leipold, James O'Hagan, and Tyler Maybrew for being a part of our show. We're here every Monday at noon to record the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. Get on out here. Be a part of the crowd. We will see you next week. We'll see you Saturday at UB Stadium. Thanks for joining us on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. This has been UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation.